Oi, gente! Olá! Oi! Olá. Hello, and welcome to the Book and Conversation Club podcast. Se você ainda não me conhece, eu sou a Gabi. Eu criei o Book and Conversation Club para oferecer esse espaço de conversação em inglês para quem ama livros. Aqui a gente pratica o idioma falando apenas sobre isso. E olha que a gente fala muito, hein? Atualmente o clube tem três turmas, uma de YA, que se encontra nas segundas-feiras à noite, uma de romance nos sábados de manhã e outra de romance nos sábados de tarde. Foi com essa turma de romance que a gente leu The Love Hypothesis e como é comum aqui no clube, eu trouxe a autora Ellie Hazelwood para bater um papo com as alunas. Nesse episódio você vai poder conferir tudo o que rolou na conversa que a gente teve com a Ellie, mas antes disso eu vou passar para vocês a lista dos próximos livros que a gente vai ler. Se quiser entrar para o clube, fazer a sua matrícula e garantir a vaga, é só entrar em contato em uma das nossas redes sociais. O próximo livro que a turma de romance à tarde vai ler é The Charm Offensive e a gente vai conversar com a Alison Cochran no dia 19 de fevereiro. No dia 19 de março, a gente vai bater um papo com a Denise Williams, autora de The Fastest Way to Fall. Em abril, no dia 16, a gente vai bater um papo com a Zoe Axelrod, autora do romance The Girl with Stars in Her Eyes. Em maio, é a vez da Mia Sousa voltar aqui para o clube. Ela já participou no ano passado e dessa vez a gente vai conversar sobre The Wedding Crasher. E no dia 11 de junho, para encerrar o semestre dessa turma, a gente vai contar com a presença da Sajni Patel e a gente vai conversar sobre First Love Take Two. E se quiser saber sobre os títulos das outras turmas, é só entrar nas nossas redes sociais. A gente está sempre atualizando com os títulos confirmados. E agora... Sem mais delongas, fique com a conversa que a gente teve com a autora Ellie Hazelwood. I hope you enjoy. So, today we have the pleasure of welcoming the author of one of the most talked about books on the internet. The Love Hypothesis is a New York Times bestseller book, and it was named one of the best romance books of the year in 2021 on Amazon where it has over 14,000 reviews with a rating average of 4.5 stars. Welcome, Ellie. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for being here, for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so, Ellie, I'm Gabby. These are my lovely students who are very excited to talk to you. I'm going to introduce them very quickly for you, okay? Um, yeah. I have Giuliani here with us, oh. Raquel B, Hi. Maria, Julia, Hi. we have Mariana, Hi. Luana, Hello. Raquel R, hey, Ali. Mariana B, <laughs> hey, Ali. Erica, and Juliana. Hi. Hi. So they're the ones that are, are going to run the show. They're going to ask you all the questions they they have. And we're going to start with Juliana. Juliani, sorry. Juliani, do you want to go first? Uh, Ali, I like to, I'd like to say that I used to work on uh, an academia and I felt really, really represented on your book. So really, really, I was really happy to, to read it. Uh, so my question is uh, how your friends, your colleagues from academia received your book, what they thought about it. Right. So um, I don't know, because uh, so I don't write 
romance novels under under my like real name. <laughs> so yeah. um I haven't really told any of my colleagues. Um <laughs> like a couple of my really good friends who are also in academia have read it and they know it. Like uh, Katie to whom the book is dedicated um for example and uh, um I have another friend who knows but like most of my colleagues and the people I work with every day don't really know it um so it's hard to tell <laughs> um I mostly decided to use another name because um I kind of wanted you know like my scientific publication to be separated from my romance output uh but then kind of what ended up happening was that I felt like it was weird to tell people that I was doing this thing in my spare time, mostly because I write so much at work when I should be doing something else. So I was like, let's keep it secret. <laughs> Very <laughs> <Instead> wise. Of... <laughs> I mostly I'm afraid they'll call me out and be like, there is no way, like, you should be more productive. If you have all this time to write romance novels, you have time to write more papers. So that's kind of why I decided that I wasn't going to tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but you know, my, my pictures is everywhere. So it's not like it's a super secret, but um, I'm not volunteering the information. That's it. <laughs> okay, very good. Thank you. All right. Uh, Maria, I'm guessing your question could go next. Yeah, sure. Like, um, so my one of my questions is what was the inspiration behind your pen name? My pen name? Um, yeah. So, well, Ali is just a, like a, it's, it's a, sh the short, my, my name in short, basically. It's like a nickname that has come for a long time hazelwood so i was i live in a place where there aren't very many sidewalks so when i go running i have to run in a cemetery um and i was running in a cemetery here in the u.s and uh there was a, a, i mean it was kind of like at the time when i was getting ready to go on sub with my agent and so i kind of had to come up with some kind of <laughs> you know, name. And uh, there was this um, uh, tombstone uh, that, that said um, something, something Hazelwood. And I was like, oh, I really like this name. <laughs> and that's how it came about. It doesn't really have a specific meaning. My, uh, my husband is a big fan of Lee Hazelwood, who's a, a singer that I'm actually not even familiar with, but it's spelled differently. Uh, but yeah, like it doesn't have any there isn't a deep meaning except me running at the cemetery and liking the name. Oh, this is great. Thank you so much. Usually I have a cemetery close by my house and I walk there and I thought I was a strange person because I knew it. So <laughs> thank you so much. Well, okay. Honestly, I like, so I'm from Italy originally and like in Italy, I would never do, I would never run in a cemetery. Like I've never jogged. It would feel really weird. It feels like in Italy, cemeteries are considered this like sacred place. But here in the US, like they're not even like, I, I was very shocked when I first moved here because cemeteries are not, not even like, um, they're not fenced in. Like you can like, you're on the street and you just see the cemetery when you're driving around. And I'm like, whoa, that's <laughs> weird. But um, yeah, no one cares here. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you that's a very unlikely but interesting story about a pen name I would have never <laughs> expected it to have come from a cemetery very good 
Um, who wants to go next? I can go next. Um, so, hi, Ali. So I have actually two questions. Um, one, uh, it's about, so you, you said you're Italian. And why did you decide to write in English? Because I also live abroad and then I feel always comfortable to write in my native language. Not that I'm a writer, just write anything. And the second one is that um, Olive is Canadian. So did you have inspiration as you live in the US being a foreigner to create Olive as a foreigner in the US as well? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna start with the second question just because <laughs> for it. So yeah, definitely a little bit like, um, so as you probably know, the, the book was originally a Star Wars fan fiction. And uh, um, so the, the actress who plays Bray in Star Wars has a British accent, uh, Daisy Ridley, and is British. And so it kind of made sense to make her British um, in the fan fiction. And uh, um, there was this like kind of uh, motive throughout the book of her talking about her immigration status and it is something that is very stressful like I like you said so I I moved here for school and then you know I I met my my husband who at the time was my boyfriend and then I got married here and my husband is also foreign he's German and like what happened is that we did we both were doing our PhDs and when we graduated from our PhDs we were in this very kind of like weird uh, immigration status where we were like okay we could go back to our countries but we have different countries and I don't speak German he doesn't speak Italian so there's that and then uh, we needed jobs to be able to stay here but jobs in academia are so hard to find and especially it's hard to find the two academic jobs in the same place so it was like this very uh complicated time of my life from like an immigration point of view so definitely uh, I really wanted to keep this uh kind of like, extra, it's not really a big plot, plot point, but it's like an extra layer of stress for Olive. And she's like always wondering, okay, but like, am I gonna have to go back home? But my friends are here. I built a life here. I've been here for years. This is my new home. I don't want to like, I don't want to be in the position of having to um, to go back to a place that I that doesn't feel like home anymore. And that, that was definitely something that I was experiencing at the end of time and it ended up there. Um, in terms of why I write in English, I think it has to do with the fact that I started, like I, I wasn't writing my whole life or anything. I started writing within the context of fan fiction and like fan fiction, you can write fan fiction in whatever language you want, but I was writing fan fiction about media that was mostly in English that I consumed in English. And uh, um, I also read in English because since I moved here in the US in 2013 I was like my life kind of became in English you know my marriage is in English because I don't speak German and my husband doesn't speak Italian so kind of like it, it became the language that I kind of think in a little bit and even if it's not you know my English is not perfect by any means but like I I it, it's just easier you know in a weird way it, it got easier um it's it's more of a part of my life than my native language even is which is so weird I never thought I'd be at this point, but that's kind of what happened. Um, I've, I've never really written anything fictional in Italian, which is very weird now that I think about it, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I feel very related to Oliver with the, the immigration thing because I moved to the UK to study and the visa was constantly thing with um, jobs and, and everything. And, and then until I had 
my husband and I we got married and then I was like right so now I don't have to think about this and then I could pursue other things so I, I felt it was it is, you said it's a small layer but for me it was like oh I understand that you think about it every day like I we got our green cards uh, um, last year like a year ago in the middle of the pandemic really and it was like I I didn't I, I mean I knew how anxious I was before but like it was like a way it was was lifted from us like I was because there was always this this fear like what if they deport me but not my husband what if he finds a job like it, it was this continuous like what if what if what if what if I don't get a work visa and I cannot work in this country and I just have to be here as a wife and I can't do anything will the money be enough like it was so many worries that came like from this one small thing of the immigration like it was co- constantly worrying so yeah I'm glad. I'm glad. Congrats on not having to worry about that anymore because it's horrible. Yeah, I think that everyone who has gone through that, uh, I did my college degree in the US too, but I had to come back because of the visa. I think everybody will relate to that point that it like I said it's such a it's like just a layer and yeah. for the North American audience it will be like okay, but for whoever has ever tried um immigrating that's like oh I see you I laughed so hard when she says oh I'm starting like my practice because I'm gonna have to lie to the um uh immigration uh, process <laughs> when she's like okay I'm fake dating now and am I gonna fake fake marry someone it was so good uh yeah. thank you okay who wants to go next um, I can go um because my question is kind of related what you said before <laughs> Um, so, um, as you said, it's, uh, and I saw this, that is a Kylo Ren um, story based. So, um, I wanted to know why you choose to do a story about this and how you connected everything. Because as I was reading and I saw the movies, so I was kind of connecting everything like, Oh, this happened because this happened in the in the movies. So I wanted to know how you did that too. Yeah. So um, well, first of all, I like I wasn't really a big Star Wars fan growing up, but I saw the second movie of the newest trilogy, um, The Last Jedi, and I just fell in love with Rey and Kylo. Like I just they are just sort of the type of characters that I fall in love for. Like, I like her. I like how, like, she is kind of like a sand goblin, but also very strong and very smart. And, like, she has these unique powers that she doesn't know how to deal with. And I love, you know, Kylo's journey. I just, I really, I find that Adam Driver very attractive. So that's a big part of it. <laughs> and just the fact that, you know, he's very, um, I, I, I just like a struggling man, I guess. I don't know. He's just very struggle with broods and uh, he has all these emotions that he doesn't know how to deal with. So I was really into that. Um, so the, the fan fiction was uh, a modern AU 
as we say in fandom, which basically means that it's a, like it's an alternate universe story. It's, it's mostly like um, you take the characters and you put them in a setting that is completely different and then you can buy whatever you want. So like I wasn't looking too much into following the plot of Star Wars, but I was trying to kind of follow the personalities of the characters. So, you know, like he's kind of an asshole who has uh, this bad reputation and she is just this kind of you know she's kind of lonely she's an orphan um she puts a lot of um importance uh, uh, in friendships uh, things like that so mostly and you know and there were this, there were the secondary characters like for example Anne was rose which is this person who's very passionate has very strong beliefs and then malcolm is finn um so and and you know finn in the movie has this strong uh, kind of like it's they didn't make it canon because they're called cowards but it has a strong attraction to uh to Poe they are like perfect together so uh that was like another thing that that kind of came from the movie but <laughs> but uh um yeah no uh generally like it, it was mostly just taking the characters and then putting it into a setting that I wanted to write about which was you know academia because I wanted to work through my stuff <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I love that. And, and I saw these characteristics in the, the characters. Um, so that's why um, I like it. Oh, thank you. All right, who's next? I think someone had something about what academia like. Yes, I, I, I have a question similar to, I, I wanted to know how, like, how much of your professional life you put in the, in the book? like when Adam is evaluating other students, something like that. What of your like professional life is in the book? Yeah, definitely. So I'm a professor right now, but when I was writing the fan fiction, I was actually, a, well, no, I wasn't a student. I was a postdoc. Um, I think I didn't put a whole lot of like stuff that has happened to me, but I kind of like, took a bunch of jokes and a bunch of like things that I observed between me and my group of friends and I kind of transposed it I think for example like the thing that happens uh, where they go to the picnic and uh, you know it's a kind of mandatory picnic but it's not it's supposed to be a social situation but it's kind of mandatory that is definitely something that happened to me in grad school or like, you know, going to seminar, even though you don't want to go to seminar and then there are no seats. That's like something that has happened to me as well. Um, you know, just the weirdness of having to interact with professors. And the thing of grad school is when you get there, you're an adult because you are, you know, in your 20s. Sometimes you are in your late 20s. Some people are in their 30s in grad school and you're interacting with other professors who are around your age. And, uh, you know, it's, there is this weird, like, dynamic where it's, it, they are your professors, but they're also your peers in a way, like, you're all trying to do science at the same time. Um, and they are more experienced, but um, still, like, th there is a weirdness, like, it's, it's not a well-established dynamic you have to kind of navigate it a little bit so that that was definitely something that I put in there the conference and like my the, the feelings of uh, this conference is useless I don't know why I'm going but it's terrifying to have to present there but also it's cool because you get free stuff when you're there like there is a bunch of a bunch of little things that it was just really nice to kind of 
channel and talk about in writing it, which is stuff that is kind of the result of the, observ of the observations that me and my friends have made for years. And I think probably every person in grad school has made. Did you ever run into an Adam in your experience? I no. wish. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are definitely like, there are people who are like him or like the type of person that he seems to be from the outside. Like th there are those people that you're like, I hope this person is not going to be on my committee because if they are, I will never graduate. You know, like <laughs> there are definitely people like that. But um, yeah, I, I think I was relatively lucky and I didn't have to <laughs> hang out with too many. Got it. All right. Um, who wants to go next? Can I go? Yeah, Erika. My question isn't very original, but what's your favorite character on this book? Um, it's hard to say, and I feel like it changes a lot. I think my favorite character is Anne, honestly, just because she is, uh, I just like, I like people who are passionate about something generally, and Olive is passionate too, but like, it feels like Anne really cares about things and also wants to make a difference and uh, I just like that she has this weird uh, unstoppable force vibe where like if she wants something she's gonna make it happen I love the fact that she's a really really good friend um, she really loves Olive um, I think she's funny um, I just yeah I, I love Anne very much and she, she's fun to write I um I love the actress that I had in mind is Kelly Marie Tran. Um, and I just, I am, I'm in love with like, I'm in love with the way she acts and I'm also in love with her. Like I see her in interviews and I'm like, oh my God, I love you so much. So like it, it was a combination of things, but I think that definitely Anne is my favorite out of the bunch. I love the sunscreen scene. Yes. The, <laughs> the sunscreen, the sunblock scene. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's truly horrible and I love her so much <laughs> we appreciate all her efforts to make Olive uncomfortable because they made the book you know, perfect so thank you Anne for that <laughs> Maria did you have other questions thanks Gabby uh I was curious about like uh I also do research I also teach and I literally I don't have time to sleep sometimes so how do you manage on top of all that it's so hard to be a writer and write a book and do the whole yeah. book promotion and things like I, I think you don't sleep I don't know but <laughs> it's just that, like so incredible that that is exactly why I cannot tell my colleagues because I I steal so much time that I should be using for work <laughs> to write romance novels it's not good it's bad it's very bad um I like this and this was hard like before but I have to say the last six months since the book came out have been crazy and that's like part of why it took us I think it took us a long time to schedule this like I I'm really struggling with book promo um and um yeah I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do for the future uh because on the one hand I don't want to like just quit my job I studied for a long time to do it and I like it but on the other like I just cannot do both things uh and I cannot continue so I will let you know if I figure out a way. <laughs> For now, I am. I feel like I'm doing both things not well enough. Like there's always, uh, I feel like my publishing team is always like telling me, oh, can you do this or do that? Can you like, uh, or they have to remind me to stuff. Uh, I have to like, I my, my third book, I turned it in 
on January 1st, which was the, the day of deadline, which is just like, you know, it's not what you, not where you want to be as a writer, like just desperately finishing a book <laughs> at the end of the day that it's, that it's done on the one hand. On the other hand, um, I also feel like, you know, I don't answer my students' email on time. <laughs> I haven't published last year very much. So as you can imagine, nothing is going well. We are still figuring it out. <laughs> but, but you're doing a great job because the books are amazing. So, and the students will understand. So <laughs> it's not a problem like that. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you have two full-time jobs, right? But you don't have two days yeah. in one <laughs> so and I have two cats who require so much of my time honestly just attention and pets and meowing no it's it's been hard the, especially the past six months um yeah we'll see what happens <laughs> I honestly don't know how you do it I mean yeah crazy okay does anyone else have any questions I, I was not going to ask anything, but um, you were saying that you were skipping work <laughs> to write. <laughs> and that was something, when I was reading the book, I was literally like thinking, how can I skip my, my <laughs> job, like what I have to do today to stop everything and just read? And, you know, you know I was like, I send it on our group, like in our chat and I said girls I can't I just can't I want to grab my Kindle and just lay here on the ground and read it and I think there was like a similar thing going on when you were writing it and everyone is skipping work yeah no one is work or my do it like I do and make it your work so that you can read that is the say that you're working I am definitely yeah. like to to write worried full time um uh, but yeah I mean it's it's very hard I feel like a lot of people are like oh well now you're rich and I'm like no, <laughs> no. that's not how it works zero I had so much fun reading it I was like I don't know which scene I love the best it's just so much fun and I would love to know which scene was actually the the one that you had the most fun writing it because I think that when you are reading a book and you think oh my god this is so I'm having such a good time I think the author also has that the same feeling yeah yeah I think you're right I think it, like you can I think that a lot of people mentioned to me is the sunscreen scene and I definitely like I remember cackling when I was writing it like I was just laughing it was just so ridiculous and over the top and like just you know what I'm talking about it was just weird and uh, um yeah definitely I, like that's one of the scenes that I really remember enjoying and like loving to write um so yeah I, I'm gonna have to say that one <laughs> good um I'm gonna press pause on the questions because I want to play a game with you Ellie we usually play a game with the authors and those who are here last year, they already know it and they're excited for it. It is very stressful for the author, but it's called a trope battle. Are you oh, game yes. to play with us? Okay. I love it. <laughs> I love choosing that.
to give you options then, and you can tell us which one you prefer. So there will be two options in each round, okay? Yes. All right, let's do this. And um, let's start with only one bed or love confession in the middle of a fight. <gasps> love confession in the middle of a fight. <laughs> okay. Forbidden love or faded mates? Yeah, it's hard. Uh... <laughs> faded mates. I'll say that. I'll say All that. right. Sports, romance, or royalty? Sports. Second chance or unrequited love? Um, I like unrequited love, but only if it's fake, like, you know. Mm, secret. The other Secretly, secret. yes. Okay. I like unrequited love. If not, second chance. All right. Sibling's best friend or workplace romance? Uh, sibling's best friend. Okay. Grumpy Sunshine or Cinnamon Roll Hero? Grumpy Sunshine, yeah. Fake dating or marriage of convenience? Marriage of convenience. Ooh. I surprised myself. Yeah, I really like it. I... <laughs> Good. The last one, hate to love or friends to lovers? Hate to love. <laughs> All I right. like enemies. I like Raylo, you know? <laughs> Perfect. Good. Thank you for playing. Okay, we can go back to the questions. Who wants to go next? Let's see. Luana. Yes. Um, hey, Ali. I want to thank you for your book. I really enjoyed myself while reading it. It's lovely. <laughs> and I wanted to know uh, your inspiration for a specific line that was my favorite in all the book. That was carry yourself with the confidence of a mediocre man. And where did you get it? I mean, what was what was your inspiration? So, well, it's something that we've talked a lot about. Like me and my friends, there was a study that said that, like, okay, so I remember a few years ago reading a study where men are more likely, white men are more likely to apply for jobs that they are underqualified for than women are. And that therefore, they're more likely to get these jobs than women are. And that's something that like, I, I don't know, like I remember th think, talking about this study like even years ago with my friends back in grad school. And then like it kind of morphed into this thing of like, you know, mediocre white men kind of taking all these shots and having all this self-confidence and doing all these cool things while, you know, brilliant women kind of don't because we are you know, society kind of teaches us to be more self-conscious and uh, we kind of always second guess ourselves. It's like, am I good enough? Am I going to be able to do this? Should I just not even throw my name in the hat because uh, I'm just, I'm never going to get this job. So it was kind of like, that's kind of the inspiration where it came from. And like the confidence of a, of a mediocre woman, it, it feels like it's something that we say a lot within my group of friends, you know? So I was actually almost surprised that so many people liked that word because uh, th that sentence, because it felt like such a normal thing to say between me and my friends. Uh, but maybe it was mostly us. <laughs> and I'm glad that now we've shared it with the world. <laughs> it did remind me of, and that's going to be completely off topic here, but, uh, and I don't know if anyone else in the group uh, watches, we have the reality show Big Brother here in Brazil. And we have in Italy too. Yeah, Gran Fratello, right? Gran Fratello, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple of years ago, uh, we had like a, this really big 
um, edition that had you know a lot of confrontations and everything about like um, feminism and many discussions. And one of the the participants said something along those lines. I remember she she said something like, "Oh, we should encapsulate the confidence of uh, white heterosexual male." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was something along those lines. And when I read that, I was like, "Oh." Marcella would have approved that <laughs> because it was basically what she said and it's it's such a real thing um, yeah 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 no I mean it's I think it's just uh, it's how we're raised uh, mostly like we just second guess ourselves more I feel like it's something that one of my friends points out like I apologize all the time like I keep apologizing to people for everything and it's something that I'm, I'm trying to stop like it's it's just this kind of lack of self-confidence and this feeling that we as women are like taking up space and while men are like oh no it's good it's my right <laughs> it's, yeah they're entitled so, so, yeah. to it and we're just yeah. like trying to find our space yeah 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 it's hard so i'm glad that people like that sentence honestly because it, it was really good <laughs> all right who wants to go next erica um my boyfriend is a PhD candidate on molecular biology. And I saw him so many times on your book. <laughs> you know, the, the things that happen in the laboratory. And I would like to ask you, what is your field of application or in your line of research? Right, so I'm actually not a biologist at all. I'm a neuroscientist um, and I do stuff that is more math and statistics based. Um, I, I don't, I actually work on human. So what I do, my, my main uh, research interest is uh, uh, MRI technology basically and neuroimaging. So what basically what I do is I take like, I, I take these like images of people's brains. Uh, I don't work with animals and I don't really work like in a lab, but what we work, I work like at, a, at an imaging center where we like take scans of people's brain. And then we do a lot of heavy math stuff to like analyze what is going on and find patterns across different people. So that's kind of, that's more what I do. Um, and uh, I especially look at like traumatic brain injury and the effect of brain injury on on behavior and how depending on where you have specific brain damage your behavior is going to you know be affected you might have you know specific cognitive deficits and things like that so that's that's what I do it's I actually a bunch of people thought that I was a cancer biologist but I'm not a biologist and I don't do cancer uh, but I, I did have to take a bunch of you know biology classes because they are part of the neuroscience curriculum and generally um Neuroscience programs are very interdisciplinary and they have like we have like there are people like me who do like big picture brain stuff that has a lot of math in it. And then there are people who do like, you know, literally like looking at the single neuron at the proteins and stuff like that. And so I always had friends who were working with animals. So I kind of took their experience and what they told me about what happened to them. And I put them in my book. Yeah, what I did. I stole a lot. You were inspired. <laughs> I was inspired, exactly. <laughs> it's just a matter of word choice. <laughs> yes. uh, all right, next. 
Can I just ask a follow-up question? It's, uh, what, what was then the inspiration on Olive's research on pancreatic cancer? Yeah, so I just wanted to have something that felt urgent and that felt like something that she could be interested in uh, for personal reasons. So there wasn't really a personal connection. I just wanted... I wanted it to be something where we know that there needs to be more research because pancreatic cancer is just, is very aggressive, very quick. And we know very little in terms of like how to predict it. Like, and, and that's kind of what Olive is trying to do, biomarkers and trying to figure out how to uh, detect it in, in its early stages. So that was one thing. The other thing was something that it would make sense that it's something that is important to her. So, um, I remember like wondering and then I just found that and uh, um, it seemed like a good topic for her. Perfect. Thanks. Okay, uh, who wants to go next? Maria? Okay, uh, one thing that I was curious when I was reading the book, like uh, Adam is super handsome, right? Like, and usually in books when you have someone that is so handsome as he is, like they kind of, they're more like, shades of gray style that the guy's super experienced <laughs> and he knows everything he's doing he's living like one with like one million girls and when you see like the the pov chapter like with Adam, you see that he also insecure and he also has been doing things for so long so i think it was so nice to see that because usually the guy is like the god and he's teaching everything to the girl so it's kind of then having this moment together so why do you decide to go in this direction because I, I really love it that <laughs> Yeah, so I think a big part of it was that it came from fan fiction and that this is like generally widespread headcanon, like this, uh, this way, the way that most of the fandom conceptualizes, you know, Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo as a character who just, so I mean, I feel like there is a lot of history of some romance novels, not all romance novels, but some romance novels deciding that, um, maybe the, car the the main character or the main love interest finds uh, you know what i'm gonna backtrack because i don't know if what i'm saying makes sense but yeah I, i'm actually you know I'm, I'm gonna take it as in i think i was influenced by the fandom and also i was influenced by what i like personally which is you know i i like the idea of this thing that adam and olive were doing being something that is, uh, you know, meaningful and relatively new to them. And this is not like a criticism to, you know, people who are, who like sex and have sex with a different person every day. Like, honestly, all my approval, all my respect, uh, happy for you. But I liked the idea that it was something new for both of them and something that both of them had to like sort of, um, <sighs> kind of like overcome something to be able to get to that point um that like they both had issues with intimacy um not just olive uh but also adam no this was like uh, a great part of the book for me at least i think it's amazing like really nice ellie i got a question for you actually it will it would be um three questions the first one uh, who is related to uh, Olive, uh, who is the, the, main, the main female character. The first question would be, um, how was your inspiration, um, sorry, 
what did you, what did it inspire you to create Olive and Adam's personality, and how did you um, build their relationship their relationship um, based on their personalities? And the second question, and how did you um, get inspired for Olive being a demisexual? Because um, Olive's sexuality, it was something for me um, personally that I could relate it about in a, a lot of situations and while well, thinking about my history and etc. And uh, um, the way that you put Adam with his own insecurities, um, he being vulnerable too, for me, it was a very uh, touchy moment. And for me, I can't, I, I don't know, I can't explain, Ali. For me, it was something that I would like to see more in in guys, in men, because I don't know, it's something that I, I, I haven't, you know, been touched a lot. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. Um, yeah, so definitely. Um, okay, so for the inspiration for the character is that definitely it, a lot of it came from, like I said, you know, fan fiction and fandom. So I think Olive and Adam are pretty much like archetypes in a way. And like you, it's, it's interesting that you say, how did you figure out their personalities and then their relationship? Because I feel like a lot of their personalities come from their relationships in the sense that they are like, they are these two people who are ostensibly like opposite on so many things, but on so many other things, they literally finish each other's sentences and have so many things in common. I feel like, yes, it is a grumpy sunshine thing, but I think Olive is also a little bit grumpy sometimes. I think she's also kind of a loner in a weird way. She has these like three, four friends that she loves. But aside from that, she, she also is someone who guards herself a lot. She's someone who like struggles. She doesn't really care very much about, you know, all the other people in her program. She only cares about her friends. And uh, she is someone who like, you know, has had uh, in, in her life, uh, you know, a lot of the people that she cared about kind of were taken away from her. So yes, it's a grand percentage situation in the sense that she's, you know, she likes unicorn frappuccino and like she likes to laugh and she makes jokes but on the other hand like there is uh, on a deeper level like I think uh, she and Hannah and Adam are actually very similar and I think that's kind of inspired a lot of like the dynamics and the relationship like can these two people who seem to be so different actually have so much in common that they can understand each other at a level where you know no one else can understand them um, and yeah, I mean, I really do think that their sexual relationship kind of came from that. Um, I just really wanted, yeah, I mean, I, I just generally don't really love writing about sex that happens easily. <laughs> I just like the idea of it being something that, you know, a couple has to work on. And, uh, you know, that's kind of like that in all my books. <laughs> I just really like, uh, I think it's a very important part of our relationship and I think it happens very rarely that like it just works I think it's something that people have to negotiate um just people have to get to know each other you can you know be in love with someone you can really you can like them a lot but then you're still going to have to you know like a sexual relationship is still something else and I just liked the idea of exploring so what if uh, 
you know, Adam and Olive, what if uh, this were something that is hard for both of them? What if this was something that for both of them, um, you know, they had to kind of like decide how to navigate it and how to like put themselves into play again after it's it's something that they haven't done so like my my personal idea is that Adam just I feel like Adam is not someone who would ever think the word homosexual but I just don't think he would have very much sexual interest in anyone if he doesn't have a connection with with people but I also think that probably has had a little bit more experience than Olive just because it seemed like he should have had it uh, and then so so he just kind of went along with it maybe when he was in college and then he decided uh, I don't really like this because uh, I don't really I'm not forming connection with anyone and then he just didn't think about it that's kind of my idea of Adam um, I feel like maybe Olive has thought about it a little bit more uh, because uh, probably because her friends and the people around her were like why aren't you doing this more why aren't you dating why aren't you seeing people um so maybe she has a little bit of a better understanding of what our sexuality is or she's thinking about it more than adam is but yeah i just like the idea of them just not being not doing this easily and i mean it's kind of like there's something similar in the novellas that i wrote um there's something similar in my second book where you know it's something that yeah yeah you know it, I just like it <laughs> I think you mentioned your novellas and your second book can you talk a little bit about them for us yeah so my second book is coming out in August and it's an enemies lover workplace uh, romance set in STEM at NASA and uh, um yeah it's a story of a neuroscientist of an engineer of and an engineer who end up having to co-lead a project a very important project and they kind of know each other from before and they had some issues in the past and she's convinced that he hates her he is convinced that she hates him um and you know things happen and they don't hate each other anymore um so that's my second book that sounds amazing <laughs> thank you the novellas are three shorter novellas they're like about thirty thousand words and for reference, like a full book is 100,000 words. So they are a little bit less than a third of one book. Um, and they are about three best friends. They are engineers. Uh, they were in grad school together, but now they all live in different cities and they are different types of engineers. So one is an aerospace engineer and works at NASA. Another one is an environmental engineer and works at the uh, Environmental Protection Agency in DC. And another one is a civil engineer in New York City. And it's uh, the novellas are the stories of them finding love uh, with their professional rivals slash enemies um and yeah and I think the first one is coming out in audiobook in February I think at some point I it's gonna be on my social media I think <laughs> we're gonna keep an eye out for that yeah thank you <laughs> are there any crossovers between your stories so um my second book doesn't really have much of Adam or Olive but my third book does in the sense that my third book has you will see on Adam and Olive again in my third book that I have sent to my editor on January 1st last day of that time <laughs> so that has like uh, it's really cool that my the main character of the third book meets up with Olive and like and Adam is there too so you see more of them and you know more about like what's happening to them in terms of you know 
the relationship where it's going and stuff like that yes um and then uh, there is also like there is something of my second book in my third book as well but I it, it wouldn't like it, now that it's not out yeah it kind of doesn't make sense to to like it, it wouldn't even I can't explain it okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry the understandable but but yeah like it's um, the idea is that book one, two, and three happen in the same universe, and there are like small crossovers. I don't know. Do you guys read Mariana Zapata at all? I have read two of her books. Uh, so I love her. She's one of my favorite ever. And uh, I, one of the things that I like is that she does these weird crossovers in her books where it's not like the characters from other books are a huge part of the other ones, like uh, the brother of the main character. But, you know, sometimes. Uh, a character from a book will go get a tattoo and they will get it uh, and the tattoo artist will be like the hero from another uh, novel and I've always loved that um, so yeah basically I'm trying to be Mariana Zapata <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be Mariana Zapata <laughs> yes it's kind of like the the, the the cinematic universe or something. <laughs> that sounds perfect I think Emily Henry did that too because uh, in people who meet on vacation there is um, like a I think I think Alex is reading a Gus novel and I'm yes, like, oh, yes. read. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. I love that. I just love that. <laughs> yeah, I think all the, the readers love finding these Easter eggs on mm-hmm. in the book. So amazing that we have that to look forward to. Do we have any last questions? Our time is almost up. Juliana? You pretend to continuing to write woman in STEM or you think about other themes so it's a good question my third (laughs) book is gonna be about women in stem but my contract with berkeley which is my publisher here in the u.s is uh for three books um so first of all i am super anxious that they're not gonna buy my next book (laughs) just to tell you about my life full of anxiety (laughs) but okay so i do want to write more stories about women in stem for sure but i also want to write a faded mate shift their romance novel. <laughs> I really, really want to write it. And uh, um, maybe the main character will be a woman in STEM, but you know, it won't be the focus of because of the shift their romance novel <laughs> side of it. <laughs> um, so uh, this is kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> but I, I can't really tell because I, I don't even know. Um, it's publishing is really weird and like uh, I won't know if they will buy my next book until my third book is accepted so I'm just kind of like here you know wondering hoping praying but I definitely plan to pitch a shifter book (laughs) Uh, because I grew up reading okay I grew up sounds like I was reading it when I was four years old I when I when I was a teenager and stuff I was reading Nalini Singh I don't know if you guys know her but she is uh, Nalini Singh is uh, um just I don't know she's a goddess to me <laughs> she, you know the side changeling uh, series she has like a lot of shifter romances and she had a lot of world building and I just love her writing so much and I, I uh, I've always wanted to like write a shifter series uh, a, shifter, a shifter story just I think inspired by uh, my infinite love for her so <laughs> that's part of it that sounds fine um, Maria uh, it's just like uh, I was curious about if you had the chance to read your book in, in Italian and how it was for you if there is like a translation already because um, I think it's so different to see 
<laughs> so I do know that an Italian publisher, uh, Mondadori, bought the the book, but I don't even know if it's translated yet. I guys, I cannot overstate how <laughs> confusing publishing is and how no one tells you anything. Like the other day, I saw a Romanian cover or the Romanian cover of the Love Hypothesis on Instagram, and I was like, "What?" First of all, it's stunning, so beautiful, but I didn't even know that this was happening. No one tells you anything. Um, uh, I feel like I feel like it would be it could be possible that. The Italian translation has been published and uh, has sold, and no one told me anything. So um, I don't know, but I haven't yet. But it would be really cool to be able to see. Yeah, yeah I was curious about like if the you would see something different because I heard like J.K. Rowling she's fluent in Portuguese, and when she was like reading the version in Portuguese, oh. she said that like some names they they kind of switch in and this thing so I was curious about that how it's just something that you created in like your own language it's yeah like... I mean I feel like they wouldn't even ask me <laughs> for my opinion like I said I'm just here like I don't know what's happening but yeah I mean that would be really cool if if they sent it to me I would definitely like read parts of it and just to see for fun I have I don't know I don't have it here but I do have a German edition of the Love Hypothesis that they sent me, which is really cool because my husband is German and it's just very pretty. Like the edges of the book are pink. Um, it has like cute flaps. Uh, the The cover is, I, I put a picture of it on my Instagram if you guys want to check it out. Like the cover is like this girl who's like dancing <laughs> in a weird way. It's just so cute. I love it. <laughs> that is great. Uh, it's not great that you can't, that you don't know all the information <laughs> It's, it it's fine you tell me and I miss the email honestly like I I, I at this point I, I I wouldn't want to blame anyone but <laughs> um, all right last questions I do have a question I wanted to ask you how you're dealing with because your book is like an internet sensation right it's yeah. all over the internet you can't open Instagram or TikTok <laughs> without seeing the love hypothesis uh, which is great, but I wanted to know for you how how was this? Because uh, I'm assuming that it was already a very big fan fiction, uh, but I wondered how was how this transition happened for you from you know being in the fandom like in this um, oh my god Star Wars fandom mm -hmm. and then being traditionally published and becoming this huge success. Yeah, I mean, it was totally different. Um, I, I also, so I, I wasn't like a huge, super huge fan fiction writers. Like, you know, that every fandom has like those really big name that names that everyone knows, you know, like that, that, that wasn't me. I, I had like, I had people reading my fan fiction and liking it, but I wasn't like huge. And I think the reason my agent reached out to me when she read my fan fiction was more because she thought that it was something that would work well in traditional publishing that because I was like this writer with a huge following. So um, definitely like I had people, you know, leaving comments on my fic and telling me that they liked it, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people per time, every time. And it was, um, it was pretty amazing uh, to see how big it became on TikTok, especially because of like a bunch of amazing TikTokers and, uh, you know, also Bookstagram or just like, you know, 
hyping up the book like they, they really made the book because the book was like no one was talking about it before and then they started talking about it and and people started being interested in it and it was it was really amazing I'm gonna be honest right now I'm just anxious that they won't like my second book which is it's just me like I I'm I don't know maybe you guys are like that too but I'm just a very anxious person so when something beautiful happens I just have to like start thinking oh what if this thing goes poorly what if this other thing goes poorly so this is just my life like I, I cannot be ever be happy about anything <laughs> it's my just brain. waiting for the other shoe to drop yes exactly yes exactly oh the life of an anxious person <laughs> <laughs> yes why brain why are you doing this <laughs> uh can you have a question well i i got a comment and i probably two questions to you the first comment Ali, I'm totally obsessed uh, with Adam Driver right now. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about him. I hate yes. him. I like him so much that I hate him. I want to slap him. It's so hot. I, I just want to kiss him, but that's okay. We can share. <laughs> we can totally share. I slap, you kiss. Perfect. Yes. Yes, we are a team now. And Ali, I know that you talk about fan fiction and um, you're based for Kylo and... Um, oh Jesus, I totally forgot the rain. Yeah, rain. <laughs> and uh, did you ever imagine um, Olive or Adam um, physically different from um, your inspiration for um, from Star Wars? Uh, not really. Like I, I don't. But I can tell you that sometimes people on you know TikTok or Instagram make like these aesthetic posts and like they they post pictures or they post fan art. And I'm like, yeah, that works. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. Like, they make really good choices. And I'm like, I can totally see this person as Adam. So that's, that's really cool. You know, like, I, I'm very, like, I think in my head, they have been Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley for so long. It's just really hard to, you know, it's, it's hard. But like, whenever I see someone else, I kind of like, I like it. So that works I did read uh the book thinking of Adam Driver as Adam but not Daisy for for Olive and I don't know why but yeah that's just yeah. my way I wonder yeah I don't know I I think um I think I feel like I feel like Daisy I don't know maybe she's less famous than Adam like she's not as uh, as famous as Adam Driver as an actress so maybe she's like less present in our brains maybe yeah yeah that might be an explanation I think I I don't know if you had this idea but when I saw the cover I think the the main characters made me think more of Adam Driver than the girl of Daisy yeah oh I I think it wasn't that because reading the book and think about them that makes sense but Seeing the cover every time I I thought about Adam Driver, but not Daisy. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think also like Adam Driver has some very distinctive facial features. Mm -hmm. So when you like do an illustrated covers, you you draw nose a certain way or like the chin or the hair and you immediately think Adam Driver. But I feel like Daisy Ridley has more traditional features. So there isn't like something that you can like grasp and be like, oh, yeah, that's Daisy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have one last game for you. A uh, rapid fire uh, round. Do you, do you want to play with us? 
Yes. All right. So first thing that comes to mind. All right. Okay. What book are you reading right now? Um, it's called In the Event of Love by Courtney Kay. It's an arc. It's going to come out in the summer, I think. Um, reading or writing? Writing. What book made you a romance reader? Um, something by Judith, Judith McNaught, but I wouldn't know what. Probably Kingdom of Dreams. A book everyone should read. Um, Not Quite a Husband by Sherry Thomas. If you could collaborate with any other romance author, who would you choose? Mm, Ellen Armas. Ooh, she's going to be next. <gasps> really? Oh, my God. <laughs> I That's <love> exciting. <laughs> I just like her. I mean, I, I love the Spanish of Deception, but I like her as a person. Just like she's cool. <laughs> That's so good to know. We're going to meet her on, in February. Um, oh, guys, you're gonna love her. I'm jealous. I'm very you can, jealous. You are. You are welcome to come join us. Thank you. You <laughs> are invited. Please come. <laughs> um, what romance novel would you love seeing adapted? Um, People who meet on vacation. Yes. I actually had a dream about an adaptation of People who meet on vacation with Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts was the was Poppy. And like, I had this dream that I was in the theater as a, and I was watching, you know, the, the final part of like when, when Poppy and, and uh, uh, Alex have this final confrontation at the end mm -hmm. and like, she's crying and uh, I was like, oh, I cannot be with you because I, I, I was just, and I was watching it and I was like, that is exactly how I imagined this. It's so perfect. Who was Alex? I, I it, random blob guy. I, I have no memories. <laughs> But yeah, it was an amazing dream. Now I'm like, now I have to see this movie. I want to see this movie. <laughs> we want to see that too. Um, okay, last and most difficult question. Your favorite book of all time? Um, Land of the Beautiful Dead by Arlie Smith. She is, she's a great writer. Highly recommend. Perfect. Thank you for playing along. Thank um, you. Does anyone have any final questions or comments? Our time's up. No. Do you know if uh, Arquero will keep the cover for? for no the idea. They haven't. They haven't um, announced anything yet about that. I'm excited we'll, to see if they. Can I will on. try to find out, and I will make sure to DM you so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, thank you so much for spending thank this you guys. Us. It was such a pleasure. I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. Have fun with Elena and uh, say, say hi to her and uh, maybe tell her that we should collaborate. <laughs> oh, okay. Put a good uh, word for me. <laughs> we will do that for sure. <laughs> and we're really excited uh, to read your next book too. If there's any chance that your schedule allows, we will be really happy to have you back. I would love to be back. We know how crazy your schedule is, so it's okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ellie. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. That's it, girls. Thank you. That's so sweet. She is, right? Essa foi a conversa que a gente teve com a autora de The Love Hypothesis. Eu espero que você tenha curtido conhecer um pouquinho mais da Ellie Hazelwood. E se quiser participar dos próximos bate-papos, é só fazer a sua matrícula no Booking Conversation Club. 
A gente te espera por aqui para praticar inglês falando sobre livros. Happy readings and I'll catch you next time. Música